Welcome back to the More Love Podcast with Helen Reynolds. Today I have a, a bit of a treat. I've been lucky enough to meet Grant Rickett, uh, another Toowoomba local. He's been in the district a long time and has a wealth of knowledge to share with us and some really fabulous note experiences that he's willing to share with us today. So for those of you who haven't listened to a series of my podcast, NOTE stands for Non-Ordinary Transcendent Experience. And the term was introduced to me by Nicole Gruel. And uh, if you want to listen to more detail about it, you're welcome to flick back in my podcast series and listen to the interview with Nicole. But essentially, NOTE's are a really normal part of our human experience, but one that's not often discussed Uh, a lot. So today we are going to discuss some of Grant's. Welcome Grant. Uh, Hello Helen and hello to those who are listening and um, it's a pleasure to be here and I hope that um, I can share a little bit of um, my knowledge on what I've experienced and um, maybe help people in some way. That'll be great. I'm really glad to have connected with you and particularly because you're right in my backyard so to speak or we're in each other's so yeah that's what that's wonderful isn't it be so close and like-minded people it's certainly great yeah well I'm going to hand over to you because um, you've had some really profound times in your life and um, I'm really thrilled that you're willing to share them with us yep it'll be my pleasure I'll start when um, I was quite young uh, go straight into my experiences that I've a few of them anyway, that I've um, um, had in my life that sort of woke me up to certainly uh, other realities that I wasn't totally aware of anyway. It started when my first one that, um, or one of the first ones that I certainly remember with great um, detail was when I was about um, five years old. I don't know exactly the age because at that time I wasn't particularly interested in how old I was. All I know was I um, developed a severe um, case of tonsillitis and I had to go to surgery and get them taken out was making me pretty crook. And um, it was the time of Christmas time. And being a five-year-old at that time, I thought this is going to be terrible going into hospital at Christmas. And I was actually, I remember lying in bed waiting to go into nurses were pumping me full of um, penicillin back in those days trying to get this infection cleared up but it didn't work for a while and so they decided to put me straight into surgery and cut them out. I distinctly remember going in there as a little kid but I was really upset before I went in there because I knew I had to stay in overnight or for a couple of days and I would miss Santa Claus um, being Christmas time and I was very disappointed that I, in my little mind I was thinking well I'm going to totally miss Santa and I'll miss out on all my presents and my brothers would, would get all their presents and I'd have nothing to to play with. In my mind, I thought Santa Claus was real and I didn't realise that um, that may not be the case. And um, I thought because I wasn't there, I couldn't put out my stocking and I'd, I'd get nothing. Of course, that, that, that wasn't quite true. But, um, but I was upset. And so I went into surgery, but this was, totally on my mind. Um, in the surgery, I distinctly remember in those days they put um, chlorophyll and, and you had to breathe it in and um, count backwards from 10. So I started counting backwards from 10. I think I got to about eight. Next minute, I was gone. 
I apparently, and I didn't know this, but I, I, I left my body at that stage and I don't remember going anywhere except I arrived at this place that was totally unfamiliar with me, but it was beautiful and Santa Claus was there. Lo and behold, here he was dressed in all the things that I would imagine he'd be dressed in. And what I distinctly remember, how everything was so real, the colours of his coat, his beard, um, the being itself, whatever it was in front of me, was just beautiful. And I've, I've never felt, it was pure love coming from this, this being, but it was not only coming from him himself, but everything about the place, the beautiful trees, and most of all, his reindeers. He took me around and he introduced me to every reindeer and their colour and their breath and their eyes. I, I, you know, everything about them was so beautiful. It was like I didn't care where I was. It was just beautiful and no thoughts of, oh, how come I'm here? It was just a beautiful experience. And I was so pleased to, to see them and and to touch them and pat them and and I can to this day I remember what their eyes looked like, what the coat looked like, what the hair in them on the the nose looked like. Every every detail about them was just lovely, and I was just so happy there. And the next thing I remember, someone was slapping me, or not slapping me, but tapping me in the face and saying, "Grant, wake up, Grant, wake up, Grant." And I woke up in the hospital bed. And everyone was standing around the hospital bed and I just sat up and I remember talking how, how great it was that I met Santa Claus. And I was so excited. I totally forgot about had the operation. It didn't even, I didn't even think of that. I just wanted to tell everyone about Santa Claus. And they just sort of dismissed it. You know, I said, oh, you'll be right. You know, sometimes things like that happen to little kids, da, 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 da. And, um, but even when I finally met mum and dad, I tell them about it and they sort of didn't really believe me, I don't think, although mum may have uh, a little bit, but um, that was the end of that experience. And I sort of didn't shut it down, but I just sort of, it was so real for me. I was just sort of skipping out of hospital. You know, it was, I can still remember the feeling today. And um, what I did find out later on in life, um, that, uh, that I, approached mum oh, about 10 or 15 years ago and I asked her, did, did something happen to me in hospital uh, when I had my tonsils out when I was a little boy? And she said, yeah, Grant, you, we thought we lost you. We couldn't, you, you were gone and we thought he, he wasn't coming back. You know, we, we thought I wasn't coming back. And it dawned on me then, well, I, um, I know where I went and I still believe to this day. So that was one of my little awakenings at that age. When you say you know where you went and you went to visit Santa Claus, how would you describe that in a broader context? Um, I didn't feel as though I went down any particular tunnel or I just sort of slipped into what I would call uh, a parallel dimension of my mind of a greater part of me that I wasn't aware of. Mm. Um, at that stage, it didn't occur to me till later on in life. There's more to me than what I think I am. Perfect. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So and that was a 
Can Sorry? I ask you another question about it? Of course. Um, you said you could remember how the reindeer in particular felt and how they smelt and, and patting them and, and, you know, looking yep. into their eyes. Do you also clearly remember how you felt when you were there with them? Yeah, I, I, I just loved them. I, I said, and I could communicate with them. That's the part I missed out. I left out is it was as though I could talk to them, but not talking in words. If I could understand what they were thinking, if that makes sense. And we didn't have to talk. If it's just all I could think of, so I got patting them. If I go back in my mind, even now, I was just sort of patting them, thinking, "Oh, you're so beautiful." And you must be Rudolph, you know. <laughs> I didn't have a red nose or anything like that. But but the reindeers looked real to me at that time anyway. And, um, yeah, but just the um, just the love that was coming from them. It was just, yeah, it was beautiful. So that, that was that one. Um, <laughs> moving on from that, the next experience that I had, what I would call a more near... I guess they both are about to share that all near-death experiences. The next one was about 12 years old. And because I was such a sick kid, uh, I used to suffer a lot with asthma and things like that and, and ammonia. And, and it was mum and dad thought that it would be best if I'd moved from, we were living on the Darling Downs here, and we thought it'd be best if I spent time with their grandparents, uh, with my grandparents, their mum's um, mum and dad actually and down at Redcliffe so I said oh, I went down there and I was a bit um, sad about that because that was the first time I sort of left home uh, and I think I, was, I might have said did I, that I was about 12 years old and um, I was with my auntie at the time and, and she lived with us also in a flat at um, grandma and grandpa's place and she used to swim every morning she was a very fit lady and uh, so I decided to go down one morning and have a swim with her. And uh, she swam away from me because I could swim pretty good at, those, at that time. And she swam a fair bit away from me um, and was swimming a big distance away. And I, I was just swimming around in the water. So she, she was a fair way away and there's no one else around. And I was out fairly deep. Um, not not when I say fairly deep, I'd say about 10, 10 feet deep or something like that. 10 or 12, who knows, and um, I developed a severe cramp and I, I'm laying on my back and it just crippled me. I just bent me over and, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't swim. I couldn't do anything to try to save myself. And um, I said, oh, you know, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, oh, I, I just gave up. And I remember going slowly under the water and I, I remember looking up and I could see the blue sky and a few clouds. And I said, oh, this looks like the end of me. And I said, looks like I'm I'm going. That's, I remember saying that to myself, it looks like I'm going. And as I sunk down, down a little bit deeper, and I could just see a light blue above me under the water. And I heard the most beautiful sound I've heard. And the only way I can explain it, it sounded like, a chorus, a, a chorus of ladies, or I think it was ladies, but I can't say for sure, singing, but it was also like an orchestra. It was harmonic. It was sort of like something I've never heard before in my life. And I thought, oh, how beautiful. How beautiful is that? And 
that that sound. And I just got engrossed in the sound. And at that stage, I vaguely remember, and I can't be sure of that, but I think I saw a hand reach down. But I can't remember. There was no one at the end of the hand that I could see anyway. But I think I saw something coming down to me up while the singer was on, and that was it. And the next minute, I woke up. I was on the beach, um, and it, I, I was out about sort of 50 metres from the beach or something like that, 30 metres. I can't remember exactly how far I was at. And um, I sat up, and I, I looked around, and there was no one there, and then all this information came back to me, and I laid back down on the beach thinking, oh, what's going on? And just prior to that, before I woke up, I experienced like a flashback in my life where I saw all the major things in my life, especially with connected to my father, when he whacked me one day. Now, don't get me wrong here. Dad, dad was the most beautiful dad, loving dad, looked after us gratefully. So there's no belting me, anything like that. Everything I got, I deserved without a doubt. And I've got no feelings about being abused or anything like that in that area. But he, he made me on this day when I must have done something that I felt wasn't quite right. And I remember that detail and it was as though we were present back in that time when that happened. But when I looked at him and experienced him, I knew everything about him and he knew everything about me and I understood everything that he did to me for the reasons that he experienced in his life. And there was no judgment. There was no even thinking about it. It was just like, oh, is that what you did that for? There was sort of like total understanding of the situation on both of our parts. And um, that was very profound. And there was sort of I, it, it, it a beautiful experience in, in that area too. And then I sort of just sat, sat up again and I'm thinking, wow. And about uh, a long time ago, a period of time from about 12 to a period of time when I was about um, 50 or 55 years old or something like that, I found my auntie one day, or not to find her, we were sitting together one day and I asked her, I said, auntie Von got her name, and I said, thank you for saving me that day. And she said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, the day that we were swimming together in, in the ocean and I, I was drowning and you pulled me out. She said, I didn't pull you out. Um, it wasn't me. And I said, wow. So again, um, I can't explain how I got there. I've got no idea. There's no one there saying you're right. You pumping the water out of me, anything like that. It was just, I just sat up and I was fine. So that certainly woke me up to saying to myself, well, there's obviously more about me than I have no idea about, but I'm certainly getting um, bits and pieces along the road in my life that has um, pushed me in a, to certain directions of not limiting my mind to what I've been taught and what I've been knowing about myself. I'm really a... Um, unlimited being of, you know, it could be anything, but it's to do with um, 
loving myself just how, how I am and loving what experiences I had in that area. So that was a, a couple of major opening mind experiences that I've come across and had and have others as well, but not quite in that line of near-death experiences. And after the drowning experience, how did you, well, given that you're 12, this could be difficult to answer, but can you remember if you if you experienced life differently to before that experience? Yeah. Uh, I, what I got out of it was I have no fear of death at all. Um, prior to that, it never crossed my mind, uh, but it was always, oh, be careful, be careful. But now it's like I know I'm not, this is not all of me in this physical form. Um, I know if something did happen to me, I don't care how I would um, die, if you like, be it in any situation. I know it's not going to hurt. It's going to, there's going to be other things that, there's another aspect of me that um, lives on, lives on. And it's to do with, um, it, yeah, it's just to have a bigger idea of who I really thought I was. It's much bigger than that. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It does make sense. And was it hard growing up after that experience in terms of understanding um, the people around you who didn't fully recognise their beingness? Yeah, I never shared those experiences much at all um, because I didn't quite understand them at, at that age back then um, and I sort of didn't bother trying to uh, explain it to people. This is the first time I've ever mentioned it sort of a little bit publicly. I have mentioned it to my family um, when we sit around the table sort of thing. But um, apart from that, no, it, it, it's, um, I haven't shared it much. But I, I have a sort of a, a thing, well, it's no use sharing it because they won't understand it totally. So things like, like you're doing and other people are doing, sharing, getting people to share their experiences just to let people know, well, there's a lot of things that we um, can hear and listen to that might might help in some way to find out who we really are or open our minds up to who, who we really are. Yes, absolutely. And that is the purpose for what I'm doing and, and I very much appreciate you sharing your story in this way for that purpose as well. There's so much oh, yes. more to our human experience and if that could become normal, well, our lives would be all the richer. Yeah, and just to, it'd be lovely to help people say, you know, uh, death is, um, it's a progression, I think, you know, it's 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 not all sad. <laughs> and if I often hear people say, oh, how terrible, someone drowned, and I'm thinking, if you could only just tell them, so it, it mightn't be as terrible as you think, you know, and um, it's not necessary what we think it should be, like a really bad, ugly, terrible, painful thing. In my case, it wasn't. 
uh, in both cases, if you know, if that's what death is, <laughs> I'll go for it. You know, but there's much <laughs> more things I, I'd want to do here before that. It doesn't mean I want to race back to that situation. I often think about those situations when um, something might crop up, but I, I, I think, well, don't worry about it. <laughs> It'll work out. Both Eben Alexander and Anne, which are uh, two of my prior guests, both said that um, when they made the choice to come back, they they had in their experiences they had a clear choice. Do it? Do they? Did they want to stay and and cross over, or did they want to come back to their? Um, yep earthly experience and in both cases they came back because of their children yeah and uh but at some point they freely admitted that at some points um after returning they seriously questioned why did they come back it was so beautiful uh on the other side yeah certainly the the love the love that's there that we think we haven't got or something um but it's there within us it's it's a beautiful feeling and it's certainly something you can sort of fall back on. Um, but I didn't have a, I didn't have a choice of um, like um, meeting someone or being with someone that said, well, do you want to go back and, or not, you know, being or whatever myself or whatever. There was no even thought of that. All of a sudden I was, I was, I was back. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I think, all of us have our own little, um, what would you say, gems of life that we look back on and say, wow, I remember that. And <laughs> I'm different to what I think I'm. If we're down, feeling down, we can always look back on those things and say, well, you know, we can always pick that little thing back up and say, yeah, well, it's not like this. <laughs> it's beautiful. And that's probably, um, well, it's definitely part of the purpose of me uh, ask inviting people to be on the podcast and in encouraging these stories out because uh, if we don't feel like we've had one of our own um, loving you know deeply loving moments that we can draw on when times are tough it's it's at least reassuring to know that other people can reassure us that that these love that this love is real that it exists for us that we are of it and it is in our hearts to be, uh, to experience it. Yeah, I, for me too, Helen, I would totally agree. I think it's great. And, um, yeah, it's it's a wonderful thing. Um, I'll just share you another little story, if I may, about you're talking about love um, and, and feeling the full extent of that as far as my experience was. And... Nothing relating to near death. It was just an experience of being pulled out, not pulled out of my body is the wrong word, but I was at home here in bed, but next minute I was was outside and I was aware of a, a, a presence with me, but all that I saw outside I understood and I felt the love and the presence of the trees, the leaves of the tree, the colour of the trees, and I looked at colours on the trees and I knew what that colour meant to that tree and what the leaves were doing on the tree. Not only that, 
I was looking at a, a animal, in this case it was a, a duck on the water, and I looked at the duck and I knew what the duck was, not so much thinking, but I knew everything about that duck, but not only that, the colours on the duck's feathers, I knew what that colour was doing for that duck, essence of the duck. And all I can say was I woke, I, I realised that everything is love, loving itself in a certain situation, right down to the colour of the, the on the tree, like there was, we had golden pencil pines, and I was looking at those, and I think I know what the gold's all about. It's that tree loving that particular thing, and I've never felt. I knew then that this is what it's all about for me. It's to to know that we are part of that pure love, and that's our real essence. It's experiencing that love, um, experiencing that love in us and seeing it everywhere. And I thought, this is what, this is what, what, what it's all about. Does that make a bit of sense? <laughs> <laughs> well, it does. And so that experience happened much later in your life, you know, a long time after the near-death experiences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. That was a really profound experience and fits perfectly into the note definition, you know, that, I'm, that I introduced at the beginning, a non-ordinary transcendent experience, you know. We can have these out-of-body experiences um, and, and many, many, many people do. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And, and um, um, yeah, it certainly made me realise if you're in that state all the time, how there's no judgment, and I definitely remember, I didn't mention this, that I thought to myself at the time, nothing um, nothing like um, disease or, or, or anger or doubt or um, anything that is not love cannot exist there. It is impossible. And I remember then I said, this is what um, the true essence of of life is and I, I remember turning around and I, I felt this presence of this being behind me and I don't know what that being was or what it was but I know that that being was helping me realize this it's as though that that being create created allowed this experience of that pure love to take place that I could see it in everything and know if you're in that state all the time what a wonderful place to be in and that kind of links in with your experience of when you were being um, reprimanded by your dad in the um, that you remembered in the, in the drowning experience, and how you understood everything about him and everything about you, and it was a shared understanding, and that there yeah, was no need for anger or blame or judgment, and there wasn't even. I remember you telling me this is off air, so I'll just see if I can prompt this um, into the recording. But you said that. It wasn't, there wasn't even a need for forgiveness. There was only love. Yeah, that, that, was, that didn't even come into it, Helen. It's sort of, as you said, it was like that didn't even, it couldn't get to that stage. It was like it's, you can't feel that way. It was natural. It was, it was beautiful. But, yeah, it, that can't 
like you say, anger or anything, it can't exist in that level of vibration. It can't. It's impossible. I I think it would be nice if you could, um, I know that you've been part of a healing centre in your years in the Toowoomba area. How did that come to be and... Yep. Did it happen synchronously? No, um, no, there was sort of, um, it was, we lost a, a daughter at 15 years, when she was 15 years old, and um, we went sort of on a, a, a searching mission, if you like, um, and um, we got involved with a lot of, because we experienced a fair bit my wife and myself in unexplained uh, areas of of experiences. Non-ordinary, we, in other words. Not ordinary, <laughs> not ordinary. Um, we got involved in other healing centres, um, went to them, we're looking for answers and and had a life of well, many, many years of just going through all sort of different stuff, even like, not so much like we're talking now, but talking in this, regard to a lot of lot of different people we studied a lot of different stuff and we thought we'd give something back to all the beautiful stuff that happened to us by others so we decided then well let's put up a healing center and a healing center being no particular thing or theme but just whatever came along in that area we would approach and just felt if different people felt right about it um, we would get involved, uh, allowed them to come out and do their, do their thing. And it was always self-empowering stuff, not anything to do with uh, giving your power away to something or someone else outside of the full knowingness and realisation of who you really are and prompt that area rather than you must follow this or you must do this and you must do that. It was like, you've got the answers inside yourself and it's just a matter of bringing those answers out and putting them into your real life situations and often people would come and talk about that type of thing so we went down that line of path we had many many visitors from all over the world beautiful people of guest speakers and things like that that happened to hear about us we didn't advertise or do things like that but um, yeah they came here and told us their their love stories or shared their information of what they were going through. And it was beautiful. It was a great time. Yes. Wow. Wow. Well, um, myself and the listeners really want to know if anything develops uh, or redevelops with the Healing Centre because I know you've had it closed for a little while. Yes, that, that will do. We will um, certainly let people know if that's going to happen. We think it will happen and we working on that straight away so it'd be my pleasure to let you know and we'll go from there well thank you for sharing such beautiful stories i know we talked yesterday and i just thought i'd share a little story after i left your place yesterday um yes i felt very loved um uh, we had a very beautiful conversation and and that beautiful energy that loving energy um came with me as i drove off and uh, I always, I, I quite often notice number plates when I'm driving, particularly triple numbers or number patterns. Yesterday afternoon as I left your place, I noticed 
my grandma's initials. Uh, this grandma passed a little while ago. Not, uh, oh, I suppose it's 12 years now. Anyway, she's passed and uh, she drove straight past me. <laughs> and then only a few cars after that, my initials or my maiden name initials drove past me. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Um, it just felt like she was with me. And, uh, but she had to show me a number plates. <laughs> and uh, anyway, just everything felt in, um, in such a, you know, th- that, that's not a very significant thing, a, a pattern in a number plate. But it was the feeling that, that accompanied it that was very significant. And, uh, you know, that's why these non-ordinary transcendent experiences are difficult to talk about because it's way more about the feeling than it is about the physical experience or the physical senses, you know, what we can see and hear and taste and touch and so on. Thank you for sharing that. that that's beautiful because that has, that has what's happened here at the centre. Lots and lots of top on pe- um, people have come and they've shared either prior to their coming here what's happened to them or after they've left here. So that's, and I've, and I know I'm not the only one here. I know my wife and my daughter felt too, even when after you left, we felt a, a, a lovely experience too. We thought, oh, wow, this is going to be interesting where we all go with this um, and what happens. And we could actually feel, like well, I'm very sensitive to energy and feeling energy and I could feel your presence even before you got here. I said, there's something really going to be exciting happening here. And if even if it's just sharing the information, it doesn't matter. It's still a beautiful experience to meet nice people. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, that's my pleasure. Yeah, I don't often notice in, at the initials of number plates. It's usually only the numbers. So it really stood out um, yeah. as a common yet extraordinary experience. Lovely. Well, um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Grant? No, I, I think we'll leave it there at this stage. It's been a, a pleasure and an honour, and it, this is a new experience for me. And I, like I said at the start, I'm pretty nervous about the whole thing. Um, it's just always I've been a very private person, so but this is going to be interesting. How this part of my life is going to go from here, and um, look forward to the challenges, and look forward to meeting you again sometime. I certainly hope that we do that, and I hope your listeners got something out of it that might help them to be aware of the, um, the love that is around if we open our hearts up to it and um, experiences that, that um, some people might have had and don't quite understand what's going on, but there's certainly a, a wonderful world out there if we open our minds up to it. And open our hearts. It's, I know you okay. said oh, that. That's the first, yeah. Um, first step. Yeah, opening the heart really is the first step, but sometimes we need the mind's permission to do so. Exactly. Well, Grant, I really, really appreciate you taking a deep dive and sharing your experiences for the first time publicly. I'm extremely honoured that you were willing to to do that with me um, and I'm sure the listeners are too and I'm sure we'll be in touch and I very much look forward to seeing you again, seeing as you're in my backyard or we're in each other's. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Let's do it. And thanks again. All right. Well, um, of course, for everyone, there's there's um, a, um, 
other podcasts you can listen to if you're looking for reassurance and um, you can keep in touch with me via my website or the the um, social media live true to you with heart um, or live true to you.com but thank you for joining us and um, we'll be in touch again soon bye for now